0: hello
1: and welcome to the bucks banter podcast it's been a while we haven't seen you guys but we are happy to be back after our brief three-week hiatus Uh, you got to take a vacation sometimes and that's what we've done Uh, but again happy to be back today we are going to be catching up on some of the bucks news that we've missed over the past few weeks some things to discuss there uh, and we will, we will also be breaking down the AFC West, which I believe is the final um, AFC division for us to preview that we have not yet done. So looking forward to that before we move into the NFC. Um, I am your host, Colin Hallboom, and of course, I am joined by my illustrious co-host. Uh, beside me at the top here, we got Scotty Capron, and below, we have Bo and Yard. What's going on, fellas? How are we doing today?
0: Hey, boom. good. Not bad. Good to be back. Uh, first time in a bit on the pod. Couple unfortunate rounds of golf mixed in in the last uh, few weeks, but uh, out of the system, and now uh, now it's back to football. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped up. We feel like we're so much closer to having actual football. I know too. I know. So it's yeah. sneaky, like six weeks away now, or something. The first uh, or week one, which is seems insane. So awesome. Yeah.
1: It is, and it's a good excuse for us to keep churning out content because we got to get through our division previews, and we got a bunch of other stuff planned we want to hit on before this season starts. Mm-hmm. As it gets closer, there's more to talk about. There's still plenty of players to figure out where they're going to be playing next year, teams to figure out who's going to be starting for them next year. Uh, it's going to be a fun NFL season, no question, especially if you are a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, which is always the focus, here at Bucks Banter, and we are happy to be live on Bucks Report right now. Um, so let's just kick this off with what's up with the Bucks. A um, couple items that I want to talk about as it relates to your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Monty Kiffin last week officially inducted into the Bucks Ring of Honor. Long overdue. Any Bucks fan, or even just football fans like like Scott and Bo here. I know you guys both are very, very familiar with Monty Kiffin's accomplishments, how important he's been to the game, the defensive side of the ball. Dude created the Tampa, too. He brought the first Super Bowl. He had, a, he was, he had an integral role in creating that team, uh, that 1-0-2 for, for Tampa Bay. John Gruden gets all the all the uh, acknowledgement, it seems, publicly in the mainstream, but behind the scenes, Monty Kiffin is really the founder of that defense. So super exciting to see him get his, his due and, and see his name's going to be up at Raymond James, for um, all of eternity.
0: Yeah, and, and just to pop in, just in another one of his obviously accomplishments is being named the second best defensive coordinator uh, in Bucks history by our host. So the fact that he got in that in that ring of uh, of honors is pretty fantastic. Being number two, um, yeah. He's I don't just many, a I, yeah, I don't know how many silver medal winning coordinators are are <laughs> enshrined by a lot of NFL teams. So like. Hats off to Kiffin and just quite an accomplishment, quite an accomplishment. For anyone who, for anyone
1: who's unfamiliar with this troll job, uh, you, you, don't worry. Scott's not going off the rails. He's not Kanye West right now. He's uh, referring to a previous episode we did where where I chose my all-time Buccaneers starting defense. And, of course, I had to pick a defensive coordinator. Uh, I tried to go with Todd Bowles and Monty Kiffin as dual coordinators. And Mr. Capron wouldn't allow that. So on, yeah, the, spot, no. on the spot, I did choose Todd Bowles, maybe some recency bias, but, uh, I explained it, I believe quite poignantly. Uh, so if you want to check out that episode, go back and listen to, to the case I make and then, and then you can come for me.
0: No, I, I totally agree that you believe you explained it quite well. <laughs>
1: I actually have receipts of you saying, damn, boom, that's a really good point, man. I, I got to give you that. It, so.
0: was, it was and Bowles is legit. And, uh, Overdue for Kiffin, perhaps, but always inevitable and, um, you know, a, one of the all-time Tampa Bay Bucs figures, really, when you think about it. Like, borderline as recognizable as as most players in, in certain ways, especially with what he brought. So, congrats. Good for him. That's awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, I could see Kanye coming up when they have that. I think it's week two when you guys are playing
2: the Falcons. Uh, They have a ceremony. I bet Kanye just jumps on stage and says, Todd Bowles is the best defensive coordinator of all time. Of all time. And then goes off with his uh, bottle of Henny and Amber Rose to live happily ever after, however that story ended. That that was fine for Kanye, right? I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. Him and Amber Rose, that's like a long time ago. That's like before she moved on to Terrence Ross, former Toronto Raptor, current Orlando Magic shooting guard.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know if we want to go through Amber Rose's roster. (laughs) <laughs> right now because she, awesome. she's got a deadly one yeah we don't have the but, time yeah yeah i think so i don't think we do either but yeah i i just assume kanye would be very close closely aligned with your todd Bullsteak stake is what i'm getting at and,
0: and which is crazy because isn't it the 20-year anniversary of the of the first super bowl or once we get into the end of this like this super bowl will be in 2022 and yeah. that up be 20 years just like it's like the Xbox 20th anniversary. If you, if you Same here, yeah. That. Yeah, so
1: great parallel. Star yeah, Capron, you brought your A game today.
0: Well, I'm looking at that big banner behind you, and it's just staring at me in the face. So,
1: um, well, you know, it's a real tragedy that me trying to uh, give respect to Monty Kiffin turns into a <laughs> roast of me. Um, but I got a
0: lot to get off my chest. If it's been a few weeks, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a little pent up. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. I lost my wallet yesterday. It's a whole thing. I, I, I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost.
1: Uh, Benny Sokoloskis on Facebook says, James Wilder for the Ring of Honor. A lot of people have been calling for James Wilder to be added, uh, potentially the best Buccaneer running back of all time. Obviously, he was performing at a high level during some of the dark ages of the franchise, for which there are many. Um but yeah, that's something that would be nice to see. Here the thing with the Bucks is and the Ring of Honor, people, you know, there are like I agree, Wilder's name should be up there. Um, and, and you would think Monty Kiffin should have been already, but I think maybe the Glazers and the franchise this whole the Buccaneers turning into this incredible juggernaut in the NFL and Super Bowl champions is quite unexpected. And I wonder if they wanted to just have something in the you know, in the in the reserve chamber to keep fans yeah. engaged, and they yeah. kind of plan to space it out and yeah. then Now they're like, well, shit. Let's just (laughs) let's
2: go.
0: I think that's a lot of names to add now. Yeah, I I think that's totally plausible. It's like, oh god, we got to build a whole other ring to this stadium just because our whole (laughs) offense is worthy of it right now. But um, yeah, I I think that's a good problem to have. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hopefully, we're
1: still doing this podcast here on Bucks Report by the time they put Todd Bowles' name in there, and then I can have some revenge on on Scott.
0: Well, I mean. (laughs) It's kind of hard to believe that he's not already there. Yeah, (laughs) especially if they take down Monty Kiffin's name. Yeah, maybe just like I don't know, spray paint it, put Toddie B on there. I just the thought.
1: Um, Okay, so some other Bucks stuff we missed on during our Bucks banter absence: Uh, the ESPY Awards. I don't know if you guys watched it live. Probably not. Not sure who does. Um, However. However, the awards do matter. And I was pretty pumped up to see the Buccaneers winning team of the year. Um, I'm so biased, but it was just such a magical year. I think it's like that's totally reasonable. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I'm really curious about them winning team of the year in professional sports.
2: Uh, I would say so. Like, I, I can't think of who would have taken it from them. You can't really, like, where the Lakers the team of the year. Right. I, I, like, I don't know. Like, LeBron had a great year, I guess. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think to win the Super Bowl the way that, in the fashion that you did it with the cast that you did it with, also Tom Brady's first year, and to win it at home, be the first team to ever win a Super Bowl at home. Like, there's a lot of, a lot of things that kind of check the box to, to get that. So,
0: yeah. I think, I think if Gonzaga beat Baylor in that title game and went undefeated, they get it. But uh, just as another option, because it's not like, a hockey team is going to win, and you know the NBA was in the bubble, and yeah, uh, yeah I don't know, uh, but just yeah, seems reasonable. It's Tom Brady, it's the Bucks, yeah,
1: yeah, Good. you know, and and Benny uh, Sokoloski is on. He's saying he's saying the Lightning question mark, like you said, I think it's harder for NHL team to get on there just based yeah. on yeah. how the sport is perceived in the yeah. more global or at least throughout America, you know, in that landscape. Uh, and or, not, not,
2: or even just on ESPN, like where yeah, one did they have the front page of ESPN for like a half hour, maybe?
1: Yeah, no, they were like detailing Tom Brady's knee brace before they were like profiling Vaskolevsky's <laughs> <basketball laughs> performance.
0: It's uh, so such radical. Radical. it's such yeah. a weird award show. Yeah, like really right in the middle. I mean, that. I I guess it's the off season for three of the big four. Usually, basketball would have been done by now, so it's just baseball. But like. What it honors and what the timeline is, like, I don't sure, I don't know. Put everyone in a room. I mean, it's probably fun, but like the actual award shows, I, like, I don't know. I don't know if you. I've never watched it, but
2: yeah. No, no. I just want to. Th- I it. think I clicked to it by accident. Like Anthony Mackie was, like just lobbing up some jokes that were just all missing. Um, oh no. It was a little rough. Well
1: I, yeah, but the Ben Simmons one was pretty like that was just so ruthless. That like, you can't call it. I didn't anatomy. even see that one. What did he I say? didn't see that one. Oh, you guys never saw that?
0: Oh. No. What Oh you say?
1: man, it was pretty good. I think
0: I was watching Temptation Island. Oh, were you? Is <laughs> yeah. that back on? Yeah, it's back on. It's back that's on
1: That's that's why we needed to take a, a vacation, eh, Boat You were heading yeah, off to Temptation Island?
2: Yeah, I love Temptation Island. Yeah. All of my like all of my prep work, I wasn't able to do any of it when Temptation when Temptation's on Island's on, it's just that's a write off for me. That's Definitely. my one of my favorite
1: shows ever but what so what anthony mackey said at the espies um i saw the clip of it he was like i have got to discuss some of the humanitarians amongst these celebrities this is not verbatim um some of the humanitarian work and we want to especially profile ben simmons who's who's been building houses with all the bricks he's been he's been throwing up oh um, my god they yeah. were actually able, he's like they're like he was able to build a school and like this and that and everyone was like oh uh it was pretty ruthless, yeah. cutthroat, but I liked it.
0: Probably yeah. that's good. Probably could have went the other way, and that he's actually built zero houses because he refuses to shoot. But still good. That's, <laughs> still a good that's still solid. True. Yeah.
1: Um. Oh, we have uh Johnny Santilli says as someone who gets invited to a lot of things, award shows aren't much fun in person. A little bit of a flex there from. Uh, wasn't this guy a driver at TIFF? What was his? What's his I big? Think uh, the,
0: I think it's a bot. Actually. I think he
2: holds cigarettes for – I forget the actor's name, but he just holds the cigarettes for him. I forget.
1: I think it's Rene Russo. Yeah, you might
0: have, yeah, might might have been, been Russo. Yeah. Russo.
1: Yeah.
2: Um,
1: but, yeah, so not only did the Buccaneers win Team of the Year, which was my favorite, but, you know, Tom Brady winning uh, Male Athlete of the Year. Um, that Oh, sorry. The one thing I wanted to say, though, about the Team, team of the Year, another reason I think is just it, football was kind of the first – a league to get a full season an uninterrupted season done as well yeah. so you know you had the bubble leagues and all that so that that probably contributed as well um but brady taking home male athlete of the year um that's a little more contentious obviously it's based on the result of his performance it's not like he was even the mvp of the league um but that was pretty cool a little bit of hardware at the espies for the bucks i don't know if you guys have any thoughts on the male athlete of the year award or if you're good to move along here thoughts
0: Oh, yeah, I'm good to go. No, I'm, I'm good on the SPs.
1: Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Um, in terms of of Buccaneer football, training camp actually begins next week. I've seen conflicting reports that it begins Sunday the 25th, but then I saw on NFL Network right before we came on, it starts on Saturday. So either way, uh, less than a week away from training camp, Buccaneers are one of the teams that will be kicking off then. That's super exciting. Can't we wait to see. Um, yeah. You know these guys get, getting getting good video quality media coverage, seeing who's working out with who, who's matching up where, um, how the depth starts, depth chart starts to, starts to take form, yeah. how the how the rookies are performing. Um, should be fun again. A, hey. Like we set off the top, a step closer to real football.
0: Yeah, exactly. This um, is like the season. Like this this matters now, right? Like getting into training, yeah. like This is. We're getting there. We're get, We're getting over this summer slog, and uh, this feels like a good barrier too. Like yeah. to, kind, kind uh, of related
2: to the last topic too, or just the. Uh the 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 comment on the NFL being the first one without the seat without interruptions in the season uh, I don't know if you guys saw Michael Irvin had was like kind of going off on the Cowboys because they're one of the teams that it hasn't really come out yet but one of the teams that hasn't doesn't have like a high vaccination or like whatever the threshold is I think it was like eighty five percent or something like that and he's basically saying like if your team's not at eighty five percent vaccinations you're not committed to winning I don't know I thought that was an interesting take I was not expecting that from Michael Irvin. But it kind of makes sense to my in my head. Like, why would you add this extra layer onto what is already one of the hardest things to do in sports? is Win a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that?
1: They're definitely going to make things harder on teams that are not at least eighty-five percent vaccinated. I think, and uh, like I heard today, it's it's going to be substantial in terms of what they're allowed to do and the protocols that will exist for teams without that eighty-five percent vaccination status. Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally agree with Irvin, yeah. but that's because I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I guess, you know,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. for sure. And, and I'm already
2: and like, yeah, we're already vaccinated or whatever. But I just I just assume like if you I kind of get where it's one of the few times where I'm like, oh, Michael Irvin has a really good point here because like 85 percent doesn't seem that hard. You could still have a few anti-vaxxers on your team. Yeah, you to to wear masks. It's not that much to ask. I, I like in yeah. my head, at least, but.
1: Yeah, and, like, I don't know, man. The grown men, they have their own opinions, I guess, and some of them probably are pretty strong in those opinions. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah,
0: yeah. The uh, The SEC commissioner came out today and also said there, there's not going to be moving of games and, and cancel. It, it's like if you don't have – I think it was 80% is the number of vaccinations for the college teams in the, in the SEC, then you might just have to forfeit. Like, it's not going to be the – Dog and pony um, show to make sure everyone gets yeah. games or whatever. It's like it's it's on the the team and the school now. which is similar to what uh, Urban was saying with uh, with the Cowboys. Obviously, I like Michael Irvin. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, I like him too. I just
0: yeah. I find that usually he's just screaming at the top of his lungs.
2: Yeah, and like I, I'm having a good time with him at the same time. But great, great. I was like, oh, this is like a this is a like very worthwhile thing to be on your like on to like die on the hill for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and that's like a risky thing to take a stance for in general to preserve your totally. reputation. My, Michael Irvin doesn't care about that, you know. You know what yeah. I mean? Like,
0: and of all yeah. the teams, Dallas, right? Exactly. Yeah, the the team in a yeah. well, except for actually playing, but in terms of coverage and the outspoken owner and and all that. So yeah, yeah for him,
1: for sure. Uh, and I, we're gonna have preseason games again. Not like I give a flying. You know what? Um, because I actually like it with no preseason. Like, I, I don't know. But it does make sense. And I think it's important for a lot of guys who are trying to make teams. That's how they make their impression. For sure. Um, so I get it. And it's just such a tease to me. But um, Bucks are going to open up against the Bengals at home with their first preseason game. Then the Titans, who is also a team that I believe they're planning to hold some joint scrimmages with, um, joint practices. And then they uh, finished their preseason schedule. Their third game is at the Houston Texans. Um, So, yeah, that is what it is. Bengals, Titans, Texans are the preseason schedule for anyone who was not aware. Um, Not much to read into aside from, like I said, individual players battling for positions. Um, Something I tweeted out this week on my vacation, because that's how committed I am to discussing Buccaneers football with followers of Bucks Banter, which is a great point to say. If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow at Bucks banter, um, where we tweet out a bunch of good stuff related to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and football NFL as a whole. But what I wanted what I was tweeting about um, is a guy we've talked about. His name's Brandon Thorne, and um, he is the certified offensive line expert as a writer as a just a knowledge expert. Yeah, the trench warfare expert. So he is his specialty is NFL play, but specifically in the trenches. Um, his greatest skill is breaking down offensive linemen, but he's since transitioned into, you know, naturally, if you're studying thousands of hours of offensive line tape, you're going you're gonna to be noticing defensive linemen as well. And he's become quite adept at that, which makes sense. Um, but he, he, uh, he released his top 50 trench players entering 2000, this 2021 season. And uh, three Buccaneers made the top 20, which is exciting. Um, because again, I respect his his thoughts and opinions very, very much. Um, and three bucks making the top twenty is no joke. Uh, they were all on the offensive line, so this just so he, he tiers his players. He has his tier one is unique. He calls it, and there was one player in tier one, and that's Aaron Donald. Um, but then in, in tier two, which he describes as elite, you got Ali Marpet, who came in at the tenth best um, trench player in the NFL. Buccaneers left guard. That's exciting and awesome. I love seeing Ali Marpet get respect he deserves from best in the business. Then you got Ryan Jensen, our center, coming in at 14. 14th best trench player in the league. Um, again, trenches is O-line or D-line. And then the rookie right tackle, Tristan Wirfs at 18. Imagine 18th Oy. best trench player in the NFL as a rookie. The fourth, tack- the fourth tackle taken last year. Um I could talk about the Bucks offensive line all day every day because I've been tortured my whole life with just totally unreliable um offensive line play. Uh, aside from a few 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 guys obviously, there's been plenty of players who have done well, but as a unit, it is so great to to have a, a team with three guys who are considered top 20 in the in the top top 20 in the league. Yeah. In the trenches. That's not just offensive linemen. So
0: it's isn't it unreal to watch when your quarterback has time to throw and isn't running for his life? Like, isn't it so much more calming? And I know it's different because it's Brady and he's so smart with the ball. And but like, oh wow, he's actually going to be able to like take a deep drop or like they can, they can you know mix in play action and it's going to work. Like oh, it, it's such a luxury to have and it's yeah. something you don't think of as you know you're, you're worried about your weapons outside and everything. It's like oh no. Our quarterback isn't going to get absolutely massacred today, so gives us a better chance at winning. It's, it's, it's so nice to watch. Yeah.
1: It's, it, it, the position of offensive line is – this was actually my Facebook profile when Facebook first came out. I, my, my bio read, the most underappreciated position in professional sports is offensive line uh, because it's true. Yep. So, it is
2: true. It won a Super Bowl. It won the Super Bowl. Like yeah, the it, last one.
1: It's it's not talked about enough as being a huge factor for their success this past season. It gets slept on because that's what what happens with offensive linemen. Not um, only their
2: success, but Kansas City's demise. Like the fact that they didn't have an offensive line was the reason they lost the Super, was like yeah. the biggest reason that they couldn't compete in that game. Great yeah. point.
1: That was clearly the that was that was a narrative going in, and it proved to be even more significant of an issue than I think even worst case scenario could have been in most people's eyes for the chiefs
0: totally. and that the start of that game was just so telling of what what was going to happen like mahomes still running for his right like is you knew it was going to be a long night and those bucks guys weren't going to stop and yeah great point Bo. great point it great.
1: yeah that is um and then surprisingly uh that was it though in terms of the top 50 I was thinking Shaq Barrett would for sure be in the top 50 Mm -hmm. so I was a little surprised to see him as an honorable mention just outside of it and Sue also made the honorable mention um but yeah so speaking of Shaq Barrett like he was on uh I don't know if either of you guys saw it he was on Good Morning Football uh last week I wasn't watching it live I just caught it on on Twitter but um, in his interview, he was showing some real confidence. I liked, I liked the juice he was bringing to that interview. He was, he said, uh, he was asked about what his goals were for the year, and he he just like confidently stated, uh, most valuable player, defensive player of the year. I want it all, like
2: nice. you know, just straight out
1: naming the yeah, and and he just seemed fired up, and that just like just to know that one of our leaders on that side of the ball is so fired up and has these high expectations for himself, and he's not afraid to say it. I, I like when players aren't afraid to acknowledge they do have individual goals as well, you know? Sure. Like, of course you want to win a Super Bowl. We get that. Don't be afraid to put some expectations on yourself publicly. So I thought that was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, no no kidding.
1: And, and speaking of that Super Bowl, Shaq Barrett was just an absolute menace. He was a menace yeah. all postseason. Um, I think he has the most quarterback hits in the NFL in the last, like, over the last few years. So uh, I do expect big things from him as well. This coming season, as do Buccaneers fans all over the world. Anyway, I think that sums up most of the talking points that I wanted to discuss. Uh, we hit. I on was cap-
2: literally just about to say, unless you guys want to break down Temptation Island, I want to get into some football right now. Let's
1: yeah. do it. Yeah. The
0: Temptation Island, that is. No, I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Halsey is in the news. Who is Halsey? I guess she had a kid. Is she, who is this?
0: Uh, she's the new left tackle for the Raiders. <laughs> oh. Yeah,
1: yeah. We're talking about. I thought they. I thought it was Robert Halsey, uh, who's the who is the third round for fifth round selection for the Buccaneers in the NFL draft.
0: Oh, Notre Dame. I don't know what the relation is uh, between the two. I mean, great prospects both, obviously. Um, No, Halsey is a singer. Um, She had a baby. Those are the two things that I know about her. So, oh, and it it was today. So three. So there you go. God
1: bless her. I hope, I hope
2: the baby's healthy. Everything's going well. Of um, course. But let's talk about the AFC West.
1: Yeah, let's. Let's talk about the AFC West. I want to start with the Las Vegas Raiders coming off an 8-8 eight and eight season. They finished second in the AFC West last season. They actually started the season off 6-3 and three last year, and then uh, I guess their yeah. true form came to show. Um, what do you guys think about the Ravens coming into this year in this AFC West? Let's hear it. Let's get into the Ra- it. The Raiders? pardon me the Raiders thank you
0: yeah I I mean kind of starts for me with the Gruden and Carr relationship I Gruden's either talking up his quarterbacks throwing him under the bus saying he needs new like insinuating that he needs a new guy I, I really don't know I don't know what Carr like where they're at I think Carr's okay like I don't think he's killing you or anything like that. I, I think he's a perfectly average quarterback and they were eight and eight last year. And I, that felt exactly right for them. Right. So like, I, I don't know. I don't have a ton of, I mean, they're not, the, they're not the best team in the division, obviously with Kansas city, prohibitive favorite and the super bowl favorite. As of now, I like the chargers more than them who will get to, I, I think you can make a real case that the Raiders might be better than the Broncos, but um I don't know. Aren't the Raiders to you guys just like the quintessential seven, eight, or nine win team in the NFL? Like they haven't done anything in so long. Feels yeah, I like, like I like what you said about
1: Gruden and and just not just Gruden, but Mayock. I would say the two of those yeah. guys and their relationship is super tight. But the, you're right. Like the way they talk about him is so non-committal. It's like one second you're like, do they like him? No, they don't like him. Yeah, they do like him. They're yeah. always in rumors, like you know, trade rumors, whatever. Um, But I guess that also ties into your next point, which is that he is average. He's fine. They're average. He's fine. And that's what they realize, too. They just don't know what to do with it because they they can win enough football games to be a 500 team and obviously believe they could be more, I think.
2: But I think so, like the the thing about being average in the NFL is like. It's never steady. If it was just steady, it'd be fine, right? It's the fact that he can dip. So it's it reminds me a lot of Kirk Cousins, where yeah. you can just fall off a cliff sometimes, or some games so like Kirk Cousins can be one of the smartest quarterbacks playing in the league. It's yeah, it's really interesting the way that it works out that way. Um, and it seems like it just gets it's that's just like the story of the NFL. And like when I was going through a bunch of these teams, I'm just like, you would think that you would just see some like normal like games and like oh they they were kind of in it this week and they were just always in it every few weeks and oh they had this big injury and they fell off a cliff but no it, it's like they they lost the bucks like 45 20 in like week seven or something like that and then they gave up 43 points to the falcons 44 points to the colts so like my like- thing with the raiders is just like it's the defense their defense is bad um mm-hmm. and for a john gruden like led team i'm not expecting their defense to be as bad as they, they have been. Um, so yeah, I, like by DVO way, they're, they're ranked 28th. Um, but I, I like all of these questions are about Derek Carr that come up in the media, but really have they addressed the defense in the off season at all to you guys? I love, uh,
1: I love how they drafted Trevon Morrig in the second round, um, uh, yeah. which reminds me of our draft day coverage when Mr. Scott Capron said that when I was being very critical, we were all being critical of the Alex Leatherwood selection in the first round. And Scott said that reminds him of the leader of a group of spies, a detective of a fourteen-year-old spies. Yeah, Alex Leatherwood.
0: I stand by it. I think it's. I think he's. I think it still does. I think they're cracking cases all uh, all throughout Vegas right now, riding around on like the BMXs. Um, it's a great. It's a great like alias for a fourteen-year-old. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: I think that.
0: uh Come on, Alex Leatherwood now. God. Uh, <laughs> God.
1: I think Gruden has, or sorry, uh, Mayock has been trying to get too cute in the NFL draft, and I think he had a ton of draft capital, and I I think he's missed way more than he's hit. Um, you know, Keelan Farrell didn't he take Keelan Farrell fourth? Like,
0: yeah, Cleveland. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. He hasn't done much.
1: He's gone off the board a bunch of times. Like, like I don't have their draft results over the past few they, years in front of me, but like
0: they take Alabama and Clemson guys. It's like yeah, all across the league that that's what Mayock does. Which yeah. that's do, not do even criticism as much as just like he's that's basically the pool he's picking from because they've rightfully had the best guys for the. Do you think part, part of it is is, is having like uh. John
2: Gruden as your coach and just talking about these picks with John, you're like telling John Gruden that you like something and him being into it, I feel like John Gruden would just be like any good idea that you thought you had and John Gruden agreed with you, you would be just like run through a wall for it.
1: Or you even like, I mean? or even I see Mayock, well, I can picture Mayock watching tape with Gruden and Gruden is Exactly. Still- so enthusiastic, all of a sudden he, like he's yeah. getting fired up and he's like, yeah, spider, yeah. spider 2 Wild Banana,
2: man. Like, spider look at that. Banana. Yeah. Yeah. And then, he would lose his mind, right? If you're like, I kind of like this guy, Grun be like, I love this guy. And be like, yeah, I love him too. Let's take, let's take
0: him. Yeah. I'm with you, John. I don't think yeah. he sounds like a spy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Johnny
1: Santilli, all time rest in peace on the name. Yes, I think he's referring to Scott's Alex Leatherwood. So, Scott, you ended Leatherwood.
0: Uh, I, I mean,
1: I assume that's what he's referring cool. to.
0: I mean, I hope he has a good year. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm sure Alex Leatherwood got this sent to him by multiple people, probably his agent, etc., <laughs> to fire him up for the year. Maybe Johnny tweeted out him. We'll see.
1: Yeah. The uh, what do you guys think of like Henry Ruggs? Like, So Ruggs went off the board before Judy and CeeDee Lamb, which was wild to me at the time because I would have had him as my third-rated – I did have him as my third-rated receiver in that draft. Uh, But that being said, I mean, Ruggs has a ton of talent and there's not – no one else there to really take the heat off him aside from Darren Waller. Um, They're – like, despite the fact their offense was serviceable because, I mean, let's let's quit, you know, ripping on the the guys who run the organization. I mean, Gruden – is a smart guy at running an offense, West coast offense, and he can figure it out. Like he's, he is putting in the time. So they, they're able to be effective still. Um, but I do have questions related to those playmakers along with rugs. And I'm curious what you guys think. Like, is Henry Ruggs going to blow up this year or is he just going to be mediocre and be in and out of the lineup with injuries and unable to get his game off?
2: They must think that Henry rugs is going to be awesome this year. Cause they picked up John Brown and Willie Snead to round out their uh, wide receiver room this year. So, I, like, I think the thing with Ruggs is, like, yes, he might be one of the fastest guys in the NFL. I just, I don't know. that It's tough when Derek Carr is the one getting you the ball. Like, cause he, you, I just don't, I can't be confident that he's going to be able to have this big breakout year unless I know that he's going to be getting the ball fairly consistently. And then you're right. Like, Darren Waller is basically a wide receiver. So yeah. as much as we're thinking that he's not going to be sharing targets that much, like, Carr can get in a mode where he's just, just looking at Waller pretty easily and Waller could, Waller has a performance to back that up too. So
1: I feel like uh Ruggs whether he is thankful for this or but I feel like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddles' performance has hurt Ruggs' like perception they <laughs> they're like, "Oh, well what they did it out. in that role, you know what I mean? Like I get you're fast, but like those guys are just look better." Yeah. They're better.
0: The amount of Alabama wide receiver talent in the last, it's actually laughable. Like it's it's ridiculous. I, I mean, they must have, like, they must have loved loved rugs to take him before Lamb and Judy last year. I, whatever. I mean, those guys were all kind of tossing him in a hat. They were all taking what within three or four picks of each other as well. Like, yeah. if you like one better, great. Like, rugs had four hundred fifty-two year two yards last year, a couple touchdowns. I would be more. My thing with him is is the is the quarterback that he's paired with does the arm strength or lack thereof really limit what you can do with Rugs or what he could do somewhere else because yeah. you know I don't think so No okay
1: No I think I think Carr has enough arm and and he's 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 pretty accurate with his deep ball like I think he's got enough that that can't even be an excuse for Rugs personally
0: Well then I th- I think I think he's really talented and First year in the league, it's not like he he was a bust or anything or, like, super unproductive. Obviously, they would have liked a little more. He only played in 13 games. So, you know, add another three games at those averages, and he's closer to 600 yards, I guess, right? So, like, you know, that's not terrible. I mean, it's not Justin Jefferson, that's for sure. It's not the flashes that we saw from CeeDee Lamb in Dallas, but I like Ruggs. I love Waller, obviously. I like, But like we said, I don't think the problem is going to be the offense. They, they'll probably score enough. But I don't know. How many times is Derek Carr is going to, like, fumble it out of the end zone or do something nuts that we haven't seen in four years? You know, I, I feel like every time you turn on a Raiders Sunday night game, he's doing something like that. It's like – uh, yeah, that, that's what it comes down to for me.
1: The, the Raiders are a team you want to be playing in a close game going down to the wire. You're not getting oh, yeah. super nervous. You're yeah. right. You're right. Like, it seems like they have kind of bad luck. Like, like I can't like justify that from watching yeah. all their games, but it just feels like they're always in these close games and then they blow it at the end.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch them in Vegas this year with fans. Yeah. So that'll, that'll, look-
1: be, that'll be very cool. Um,
0: we might have okay, let- some of those fans.
1: I want to talk about a really exciting – team to talk about and that is the Los Angeles Chargers Uh, dynamic dynamic year for Justin Herbert my god did he look good he looked like a 10-time Pro Bowl NFL quarterback last season with all the physical tools to go with it Um, they were seven and nine last year third in the AFC West dealt with some injuries guys in and out of the lineup um, which I think is why they're I don't know if you got the ratings like their defensive rating wasn't super impressive last year right but
2: yeah, no, like, I, I just I just always look at it by DVOA. So, yeah. defensively, they were ranked 20th in the
1: league. Right. So. so, like, that surprised me, though, just with the names they have on that side of the ball. But I I would expect yeah. that to be much improved this year. I, I expect uh, the whole team to be much improved this year. A I'm, lot of
2: injuries but, for them last year defensively as well, too.
1: Yeah, Derwin's coming back, which, I mean, you know, to yeah. assume he's going to play a full healthy season is a bit of a stretch. But if he does... Oh.
2: Let's hope. Yeah. We always want to be blessed with the four-run awesome. wins. So, yeah. Yeah. So Who, good.
1: How could you not love his game?
0: So it's good. Amazing. So fun to watch.
1: Um, Melvin Ingram, by the way, they lost Melvin Ingram. He signed with the Steelers today as a free agent. You guys see that?
0: Yeah. I, well,
2: I was prepping for this podcast, and I was like, oh, he's still an unrestricted free agent. And then, like, I finished all of my prep, and I looked at my phone. And I was like, oh, he signed with the Steelers right now. So, yeah, I was like an hour late on that. But, Yeah. Yeah. I, he didn't really play that much for them last year either, so no. are no, yeah. happy to let him walk.
1: He's not the name he once was, but there's a lot of people who still really respect his level of play, I think. So we'll see what happens. Maybe he's going to be elite in Pittsburgh, you know what I mean? I could, I could see that happening. He's yeah,
2: taking Bud Dupree's role, basically, I think.
1: Yes, yeah, some, some someone alongside uh, or opposite Watt. Yeah. Um, they had a great draft also, the Chargers. Like a good enough draft that I feel compelled to bring it up. Um, I can't believe they they got Rashawn Slater, who many people had as a number one tackle in the draft coming out of Northwestern. So some people did have him ahead of Sewell. They got him at 13 without having to move up. I mean, that's crazy. And then they get Asante Samuel in the second round. So like uh, he's a first round talent in his own right. So that's an incredible use of your first two picks there. And I think those are like immediate difference makers who are going to slot in and be NFL starters right away. Um
2: sneaky sneaky fantasy guy for you too. Uh Josh Palmer, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Yeah. yeah uh, Brampton, I believe.
1: Yeah, he's from Brampton. That's right. Yeah. And uh shoot, what's Scott? Who's the guy at Bama, the Canadian boy? Do you remember his name? Mechie? John Mechie? Is
0: he the Canadian? Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know Yeah, I, sure. I
1: don't remember either, but like him and Josh Palmer, I think, played together. Um I don't know if it was Mechie. Should have just not brought yeah, yeah. So it is John Mechie. Okay. Um, is the Canadian boy, and he's gonna have a big year for the Crimson Tide this year. Um, could have a really big year. So him and Josh Palmer grew up in like like playing football together. Couple Canadians doing work. How about that? Out of skill position.
2: Love uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Palmer is gonna be good. I, I I think he's gonna be really
1: good. Yeah. Evan Winter, who writes for Bucks Report. So anyone watching this on Bucks Report right now, or who's gonna watch it later, knows Evan Winter's work well. Uh, check him out at bucksreport.com. Um, he covers the Tennessee uh, volunteers as well. And he he wrote a nice piece on Josh Palmer. And he could tell you all about him, but he loves him. And a lot of people do. There's a lot of advanced guys who are, like, saying he is, like, because he was playing on a terrible team against really, really good competition, obviously. And he didn't have much to work with. He didn't have many people to get him the ball. So we'll see. Herbert can get him the ball. And then he's playing alongside Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. If Mike Williams can stay on the field, it's a pretty dirty trio right there.
2: Yeah. And so Jalen nice. Gunton as well too. Jalen Gunton is a guy to look out for. Like the Chargers have a really nice offense. Um, the one thing I was going to say about them, uh, they like hit absolute rock bottom last year. So they finished the year seven and nine. Uh, they were three and nine, uh, losing to the Pats at home. They lost to the Pats at home forty five nothing. And like Anthony Lynn at the time was like, "This is the worst football game I've I've ever seen played in thirty years of football." Well.
0: Um, yeah, go We've gone too long without mentioning their biggest addition, which is the loss of Anthony Lynn. Like, I'm sorry, he seems like a very pleasant man, but oh my! As someone who was suckered into the Chargers every week, picking them, it seemed like how like it wasn't questionable coaching decisions. It was absolutely in, like no offensive. Yeah, it was offensive. Yeah, nobody could do that. It would be the only thing I would ask a head coach in an interview is game situations and what do you do. And the Bills one was unbelievable. Oh, there was what was the other one that was, like, absolutely uh, disgusting that they – oh, sorry, I should have had this. I feel like they had a bad one against Atlanta as well. That was close. They lost to the – oh, no, they beat the Jets. Um, But anyways, just, you know, truly some of the worst coaching decisions – um, just killing their playoff hopes. They were play, they were a playoff quality team. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Obviously, that Pats debacle was the low point. And um, and yeah, but, but like
2: they come off of that game and they rip four straight wins to close out the season. It's and they're like all tough games and they yeah. and they won them right. Like it's like at mm-hmm. the end of the year they actually ended up winning. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Like that's kind of what I wanted to hit on. Like Anthony Lynn being out they bring in brandon staley they bring in a new oc and joe lombardi as well too from the saints um they, they could be really good with like another year of herbert as well too we all are big on him so
0: they lost to the broncos by one at denver i feel like did they go for two and not get it does that ring a bell <laughs> yeah you're probably right actually i don't, I don't remember, remember watching. Do i don't remember, remember so
2: many of the games being that's like, not
0: like even necessarily an indictment i actually kind of like going for two but it's just another
1: well, especially at mile high right people are known to do that there because they just want to get out of there if they have a shot at it yeah don't want to deal and with the crowd really, like if and you think
0: you have a better chance of converting than you know winning the coin flip in overtime basically then i have no problem with that it's just another example of another freaking close loss for them and they still finish seven and nine i don't think any NFL team, like any honest team would say they weren't playoff quality last year. Like, but hey, you got to win them. That's every week is so important. You got to get to those 10 or 11 wins. And when you lose a heartbreaker, it's just crushing. And they seem to do it every single week. So, you know, let's hope Herbert takes another step. We trust their offense. I think they're going to be good. I would pick them to make the playoffs. Uh, I don't, I mean, I guess we'll do an actual playoff predictions pod because Probably as of right now, if someone went and checked our notes, each of us have picked 13 teams to make the playoffs in each, yeah. uh, each conference, and every team is going over. So, like, probably have to check that up. But um, yeah, I, I'm a sucker for the Chargers, and I don't think that will uh, that will stop this year.
1: The one thing I'll give Anthony Lynn is like they developed a really cool offense under him. Like where I feel like actually the Chargers have run pretty creative offensive schemes over the years with their skill guys like the way they involved uh, the running backs in the passing game is quite unique over the last few years with eckler and melvin gordon before that so
0: but i think the, they could have taken the reins off herbert even earlier he sh- oh i, I think well, he showed they, it they, what they, uh, you weren't
1: you weren't a fan of, of stabbing him in the chest with an or stabbing to taylor in the chest with a needle <laughs> to get him in there
0: well yeah that unethical there might have been literal reins on some of these quarterbacks we don't know what they do over there if it's like you know, lung punctures are part of the pregame warm-up in uh, in LA. But yeah, that was iffy. I mean, we haven't we mentioned that earlier in in our uh, previous series, I believe, when you know Tyrod got stabbed uh, by the doctor. But um, yeah, I, I still think there's the stigma of rookie quarterback. Don't throw him to the wolves or all that. Blah blah blah. Like Herbert showed. That he could play and make all the throws right away. And um I would have just trusted him and gone with it. Like if you're gonna go with them, then go with them. And I, I have to assume yeah. he'll get even more of a a green light. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a a Josh Allen esque statistical jump for Herbert. And it's not just because they're both giants. He showed
1: yeah. great poise, especially playing on it like I don't know. Like, I think the physical tools everyone knew about, you know, the arm strength, the yeah. size, the ability to move. Like, he's certainly capable of reading defenses. It was just a lack of consistent execution. That was yeah. a common critique of him coming out um, and staying calm under pressure. But he just did such a good job of that still as a as a rookie quarterback in the NFL. Incredibly yeah. impressive. I like watching him play, man. They had an insane yeah. game against the Bucs uh, last year where yeah. just yeah. highlight after highlight. NFL, I think NFL – the official NFL Instagram account, like profile that I, I may have been sent a few times in our yeah. group chats or whatever, but
0: um, I think decision-making is okay for him, but that haircut he got mid season, I think would, would make anyone a little bit worried. So, you know, we'll lock that up, tighten that up, literally high and tight, maybe for uh, Herbert in the off season. And um, I don't know, sky's the limit. I like them.
1: I agree, though he looked way better with long hair.
0: Oh, God, what happened?
1: It's not even close. Like, like he almost went from being an attractive guy to an unattractive guy.
0: And like, if you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna lop it off, like, don't do it yourself, which is yeah. what it looks like. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's new to L. A. Didn't have a barber. Like, figure it out. I think they got one down there.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so we've talked about the Raiders. We've talked about the Chargers. Do we need? Is there anyone else who has anything they want to get off their chest regarding the Los Angeles Chargers before we talk some Denver Broncos?
0: No, I'm just. We're gonna go win totals and division odds at the end, right? So we'll just do them all yeah. together.
1: Sure. Yeah.
2: Okay. All
0: oh, right. I, I also think it'd be weird if we don't say like they lost
2: Hunter Henry. They lost Mike Pouncey. Like those are like two big pretty loss. big. Yeah, pretty big losses for their offense. They lost Melvin Engram as well today. Uh, Denzel Perryman's out. Casey Hayward went to the Raiders as well, too. It's like
0: um, – it's tough.
1: Yeah, that's some turnover for sure. So, I didn't
0: see that Hayward one. Yeah. I didn't see that one. Yeah, anyway.
1: Did he go to no, – to the Raiders. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he went to the Raiders.
1: Um, all right, well, coming off a last place finish in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos with a 5-11 and record last season. Um Pretty terrible statistically on both sides of the ball. Obviously, they were without Von Miller and Bradley Chubb went down. I mean, it was kind of a write-off season for Denver. Um, but uh, what are you guys thinking about the Broncos entering this season? Obviously, there's a <laughs> apparently this quarterback battle going on between Bridgewater and Drew Locke is going to continue until the 25th hour. Like it was reported today oh by uh, James Palmer that. Uh, they're going to use all three preseason games before making a decision between those two players. So I my quick take, I love – I actually really – like despite the defensive numbers last year, I like their defense with those guys coming back. I think they're going to have an elite defense. Um, and I love the the receiving group they have. I love the Javante Williams in the backfield. It's everything looks really nice to me, except the quarterback position looks awful to me um, with with uncertainty as well. So – yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. When... I'm like
2: I was thinking, the exa- they're like the inverse of the Raiders, basically to me. Like uh, their offense is just not that great, but their defense is is very solid to me. Um, they brought in Kyle Fuller as well and Ronald Darby. I think their secondary is going to be one of the best in the league. Like throw a little
1: Sertain in there,
2: a little Patrick Sertain as well too. So like they they've got a lot of they've got a ton of weapons on that side of the ball. Um, and they should be able to stop anyone, which is a good, good thing to have when you have to play the Chiefs twice a year,
0: at but, least. Yeah. But they got to Go play ahead. the Chiefs, and they got to play the Raiders and the Chargers twice. Who we just talked about how great their offenses are. Meanwhile, Denver can't score. I, yeah, I think they're gonna suck, man. Like I really do. I don't get it at all. I, great that they have a good defense, and I suppose that can carry you if. Bridgewater is his normal, steady self and, and wins the job because I think he's better than Drew Locke. Not that that's saying much, but I don't know what the – I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is just like the NFL Band-Aid that just yeah. goes from team to team. I guess you wouldn't use it. Bad analogy. We'll keep going. But anyway – Ryan
2: Fitzpatrick is like – is banging on the table right yeah. now
0: that you said that, but go ahead. Exactly, exactly. But um, I don't know, man. They just haven't been good. Like, what – All right, so the last four seasons, so they had one decent year after the Manning Super Bowl. How many, so 64 games, how many wins do you think they have? Regular season wins, obviously. Since when? Since when. In the last four seasons, so out of 64 games.
1: uh, 28. Sorry, no, 36.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like
2: 40. No. Or not 40. Wait, no, that's not right. I was going to say, like,
0: 20-something. Yeah, they're 23 and 41. Like, they're one of the worst teams in the league. And they still don't have a quarterback. So, if we're talking about how good the division is, like...
1: Well, are we, though? Have we talked about how good the division is? Like, the Chargers have promised. The Raiders are inconsistent. Okay,
0: Okay. that's legit. But we're at least talking about the offenses. And now you have to be able to score to keep up. So... If they're gonna try, like, good luck trying to carve your way to a ten and seven wild card spot, scoring twenty points each game. You know, like, I, I just don't see it. So, but, Scott,
1: let me ask you this though, okay? So, yeah. so it's a, it's a fine take. Do you think, though, there are issues outside of the quarterback position? Like, I feel – you know what I'm saying? Like, do you disagree with the well-rounded nature of the roster otherwise? Um, or are you just saying that's how paramount that is, which is obviously that, true? Yeah, it,
0: that's what I'm saying. I'm just right. saying it's that important. Yeah. I, I like the roster. I like yeah. that they're going to have their crazy home field advantage again. Um, that it, It's one of the ones that actually matters, um, both, like – geographically and the fans are great right like it's it's a real home field so awesome but two, um, two
2: thi- can i just jump in i got two yeah. things for you so over the last four years they this is the first time they've ever brought back an offensive coordinator and pat Shermer. um so that's an another thing to this offense hasn't seen any type of consistency for the last mm-hmm. four years at least and also the big elephant in the room is this is the prime Aaron Rodgers destination yeah like we're basically or or Deshaun Watson as well we see how that plays out but um I I think when we when we're talking about that their quarterback decision is going to come back to the 25th hour part of it is the Aaron Rodgers uh trade that's sitting there and they they just
0: want to see if there's any way that's going to happen but sure and I, I figured we would get to this but scrap everything I said if they get Rodgers (laughs)
1: because <laughs> yeah. like literally Then they're contender.
0: They're the, they're the they are probably the best team
2: in this in this division. Well, I don't, like I I, well, we're gonna get to the Chiefs, I'm sure too. Yeah. But I don't think I'm going out on a limb. I think that's like when you add Aaron Rodgers to an offense that already has Jerry Judy, Cordon uh, Sonning coming back. Um, yeah, who do they have at running back? I can't remember. Javante
1: Williams. Sorry, who are we talking yeah, about? Javon,
2: uh, the Denver Broncos. Sorry, I was on the So my phone. they've got Javante Williams. I think they got Melvin Melvin Gordon. Is he is he? Yeah, that? they have Melvin Gordon still. Yeah, so. Yeah, but he's a good well, number
1: two, like, second change yeah. of pace back still. For and sure. They, and then
2: Noah Fan. Noah Fant's getting a ton of love right now for anyone that's following, uh, like, some guys to watch in the NFL next year. Noah Fant could be one of those breakout tight
0: ends. Um, Hamler yeah. in the slot. Fant. Aaron
1: Fanton hawkinson both of them coming out of tight end university of iowa um are exactly. both this got to happen for both of them this year though every
0: them. every tight end tight end in the world went to either iowa or virginia that's just a rule it's yeah. just, that's it it's the only two schools that have that position
1: yeah, Fant, Fant does have a tantalizing skill set, though, and I think their skill position players, just focusing on that those groups specifically, like I love Javante Williams. I think he's going to be like bell cow potential right away with a serviceable yeah. offensive line. They got Cortland Sutton coming back from an injury, who all, is another guy that that people around the league love. Like I haven't watched a ton of Cortland Sutton, but I know he was effective as a, as a rookie. Um, but he's going to be fully healthy, and I think Jerry Judy's going to take a big step this year if, again, yes they need a quarterback but regardless i think judy's taking a step like
2: and i i just i just can see them shutting people out for quarters halves at a time where like if they're only scoring 20 25 points i think they're like i think like if they're right around 28 points they're going to be a really tough team to
0: beat yeah but that's a big jump
1: yeah Yeah. so it seems like well, I, I was about to say, it seems like Bo and I are more optimistic about the Broncos, but under the assumption they can figure something out at the quarterback position, um, yeah. how do, they have to get Aaron Rodgers. You have to find a way now is the time go get Aaron Rodgers. He's not playing in green Bay. Like make this happen.
2: I, I think like, that's just such a tough pill. Like we'll get to the Packers. Like it's such a tough pill to swallow to just get rid of Aaron Rodgers. But I agree. Cause the package that the Broncos could put on the table is it's a really nice one. So, um, mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. Um, the one thing I was going to say, another reason why Scott might be hating uh, the Broncos, they picked up uh, Baron Browning, head of Ohio State. Um, so he's good. Th- he's uh, one yeah, of the steals I, sure of the draft. Is. Yeah, so everybody. <laughs> everybody. Well, Bernie's sure
0: awesome. Yeah, uh, he's great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Broncos did, so, had a great draft. Yeah, that's a good they call They had a bro. really
2: good draft. They yeah. had a really good draft. George Patton, who is now their GM. Uh, who took the reins from John Elway. Um, the key move he made that I saw then when I was going through my prep for this turned 71 into 98, 105, and 152. And one of those picks was your uh, Baron Browning. Uh, 98, they got Quinn Miners, who is also known as The Gut,
1: wisconsin whitewater baby
2: yeah yeah so like no tape on this guy because he played like division three and just was bullying people there um and then maybe he opted out for the season but he played in the senior bowl and everybody was talking about this guy so um yeah so i i I, i'm super high in the broncos i think we'll get to that later but yeah i i I just can see them being really good
0: i'm just looking up i'm just looking up baron browning and it says his Favorite show is How I Met Your Mother. So he's obviously a psycho. So (laughs) uh, factor that in, everyone, when you're doing your Denver Bronco preseason research.
1: I love those random tidbits of information where it's like, what? Like, that's what you're watching on your night? Like, like you said, like it's like psychotic, but awesome. Like, because a man like like that who just kills people for a living, like on a (laughs) football field, is cuddling up at home to watch How I Met Your Mother. I just made that up. Oh, I love it. (laughs) That's but great. Damn. Yeah. And I'm gonna push it. All right. You got me. You got me. You got me, Scotty.
2: I'm looking forward to just texting you guys on Sunday. You guys gotta watch the gut. The gut's going crazy right now. What? Man, you know
1: what's crazy, ball? You're right. Like I what I've really learned over the last few years is how much NFL GMs, particularly like the main decision makers, value the senior bowl.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is it's huge. really weird. It
1: is huge. Jason Light, for example, like he's always drafting guys who perform well at the Senior Bowl. It's unbelievable. It's kind of like in college basketball, Scott, with the NCAA tournament. Like you got this whole season to work off of. I guess the difference is at the Senior Bowl, they're getting to see these guys practice, which is kind of a unique vantage point that could be very helpful, which I understand.
0: I was about to say, like, the way football works, one game just doesn't necessarily provide that much, depending on the flow and, you know, what position you're looking at. So the whole week of practice, you know, I probably makes more sense because I don't know how many GMs are having a ton of time to watch on Saturdays uh, and get a deep dive until the, you know, until the college season's over and they can go down to the senior bowl and see people in person. So it makes sense why it's such a a large data point for them. Right. So, yeah,
1: it's true. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. Um, Okay. Before we move along, anyone else? Denver Broncos, no, we're good. We don't. John Elway is not the GM anymore, Scott. Um, (laughs) What? Wait, what? Officially, anyway, he's probably still calling the shots. Yeah. Um, all right. The Kansas City Chiefs, fourteen and two last year, lost in the Super Bowl. Um, they've had a really, you know, we already we already talked about Bo. Bo brought up um, how. The trenches were the issue for them, at least on the offensive side of the ball, so dramatically in the Super Bowl. It's a clear, clearest thing you can point to, um, to the point that even Pat, Patrick Mahomes could not overcome it. Um, but they've done a hell of a job of just yeah. identifying their weakness and just stabbing at like solutions. Just boom, boom, boom. We're going to do everything we can. Like um, former first round pick, you know, All Pro left tackle Terry Achilles, peace. We're going to replace you. We're going to bring in Joe Thunny, Thunny one of the best guards in football, formerly of the Patriots. Um, we're going to use the draft to add some really talented offensive line prospects. So I love that. I like when – like I hate when teams just don't just – in the NFL anyway. Like you have a direct need and you have all this greatness everywhere else. Like like how we were just talking about with the Broncos. It's like do something about the quarterback. It's the one thing you need right now. And the yeah, Chiefs have done yeah. that with their offensive line. And, and it, it kind of it scares uh, me. And in well, large well, steps
0: with that, Colin is just not wasting Mahomes' prime. Exactly. That, yeah. He might not even be in it yet. Like, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So, who, I shouldn't say that's like must win, must but like they're going after it because they know they have with him, they can win it every year. Like, literally, they're going to be in the conversation. And they're not a franchise that's just sitting on their hands and not maximizing it. Like, Let's. I mean, yeah, they lost to the Bucks, and honestly, the way that game played out, even with the healthy offensive line, I, I actually think Tampa Bay was going to win the game. But Kansas City was the favorite all year. They're bringing back almost everything. I think they have enough desire, like want to, to get back there. Like I, I would really like where their where their head is at and football wise. I mean. We know they're good. We know they're going to be good. We know Mahomes and Reed are going to put up points. It's just going to be hard to beat them. Clear cut number one
2: threat to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers repeating. Yeah. Um, when I looked at it, I was looking at their schedule, and for some reason, I just was thinking that I was going to see more losses on their record. I was surprised it was fourteen and two. It felt like it was a down year for them last Me year. Me too, Bo. Yeah. Thing. Honestly, I was like, I, I thought they weren't like I thought they had like five losses, but. Um, I remember them being in really tight games and pulling them out at the last second.
1: Probably because they weren't covering enough. That's
2: exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Never covered. Yeah. 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 So when you're talking about their offensive line, I think the thing that you got to realize is like, yeah, they brought in Joe Thunney. They brought in Orlando Brown as well through trade, um, basically being their first round pick for this year. Um, But they're also getting back our guy, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, Yep. Uh, from uh, our the great university of mcgill mm-hmm.
0: a doctor
2: right. um, who opted out for covid reasons and and to to help to aid the covid response so one of the most honorable guys in the in the league and then mm-hmm. they also have a third round pick from last year who who opted out at a tsc tcu lucas niang who's coming back who was being raved at as one of the highest value picks of the draft in 2020 so and then they, they also drafted Creed Humphrey as well, who was a guy who I I listed as a possible first round target for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they got it him, got him in the second round. Their offensive line should be very and, good this year. End
1: game. of the second, too, like right at the yeah. end. That was a steal in its own right. Now they also, Bo, just to jump on what you're saying, the guy they got in the sixth round, Trey Smith, offensive yeah. guard out of Tennessee. This guy is so talented, man. He could have like People were expecting him to potentially be a second early second round pick, and some health issues came out. We've talked about this briefly on the draft, Crazy. but just for anyone who didn't see it, and somehow all these teams passed on him. Eventually, the Chiefs are like, screw this, like, we'll take yeah, him. Like, take half, him. The t- half the time, these guys don't make the team anyway. I'm, I'm a little upset that, like, I know Jason, like, you know, I guess he's earned the right to address special teams in all of your h- half the draft, but like, man, come the fifth round i would have been all over that but teams are pretty stringent with their medical medical process oh, yeah. and if they if they red flag a guy they just won't even look at them so i assume yeah. that's what happened with a lot of teams but i like the willingness whether it was casey not red flagging it to that extent or they just said screw it whichever it was i love that too but yeah, you're I, right I, those are that the, those are names I forgot about, too, some of them. Like, I wasn't even thinking about Tardif coming back for whatever yeah. reason, even though he's a Canadian lineman who helping save the world.
2: Yeah. yeah. So they, they, like, I've never seen, like, I think we talk about, like, the Ravens doing, having this approach where they just lean into a strength. Um, but like to see a weakness and then lean all the way into it, where like the only thing that drove Andy Reid from like the point of losing the Super Bowl to now was trying to address the offensive line, and it's showing up, it shows up on
0: paper like right away. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I anyway, like, yeah, we're, I mean, we're not making any headlines or whatever. We all think Kansas City's going to be good. Um, I, I'd like them to win the division. Even, I mean, how amazing would two uh, Rodgers-Mahomes matchups be if Denver does get uh, Rodgers? I mean, that's literally as good as it gets, right? But, um, yeah, Yeah. I I think they're the clear-cut winners. They still have Hill. They still have Kelsey, Hardman. They did lose Sammy Watkins, but, like, he never plays anyway. Um, Yeah, I, I still love their offense, love their home love their home field as well. You know, people coming into Arrowhead, it's not going to be easy. Uh, I mean, we'll get to the over under shortly, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting, uh, interesting line that's been set for those, uh, for the Chiefs.
1: Um, yeah. Is there anything like everyone knows the Chiefs so well, I feel like we're not going to be introducing much new information aside from how they've changed their team. You know what I mean? Like no, they got I- the he- heavy hitters and, Bo, I, I'm right with you, man. That 14-2 and two record still shocked me, like, like you said. But I guess just because they're so good. Yeah. And they're hungry now coming off, off what they love. Oh, look who's in the chat. Me, Cedar, back again.
0: Oh, no. Uh, <laughs>
1: oh, look at this one. Did you guys see that hockey team? This is Me, Cedar on Facebook. Did you guys see that hockey team? From hot ass Tampa, teach those Canadians how to play some stick. Ah oh, yes, hockey Americans game.
2: Oh I mean, wow,
0: the shots! I not, like it. Not much to argue with, me C-Dor. Uh yeah. If, some... you pay,
2: yeah, if you pay Canadians enough, we'll go anywhere.
0: Yeah, I sure. mean,
1: I'll rock some Lightning's gear, uh, no problem. <laughs>
0: you
1: know, Dave Uh You're talking to the wrong Canadians, man. I think, yeah. like we're like we really don't care that much about hockey, and um, especially
0: Montreal. Like, yeah, get out of here, honestly.
1: Yeah, I've been wondering where where some of these regulars were. Christopher Cole, what's good, my man? Uh, yeah. Nice to see you. Yeah. Uh, you guys are just a little it's late nice we for
2: the party. Three weeks off, and the, and the, the fans are still coming back. Much they,
0: appreciated. Yeah, much appreciated.
2: very much appreciated.
0: Even that bot Santilli that had a couple comments earlier. I don't know. if it was- <laughs> yeah. I don't know who put a quarter into that machine or whatever, but, yeah, nice to hear from him too.
1: It could be a burner for Jory Katz, that guy we had to remove from the, from the chat. That
0: makes a, a band. lot of sense. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I mean, I'm scared. I think Casey coming off that loss, all he's done is find a way to motivate them more. Andy Reid, like, he got out-coached too, though, in that game. Like, I know we talked about the O-line, but Todd Bowles just blitzed them in a way they weren't even prepared for. Andy Reid had a lot going on that week too. Unfortunately, um, some personal stuff with his son, who was a part of the team. Um, but anyway, but like,
2: like when I look at the Chiefs and like what they're reloading to, it's like I feel like we're going to get the Super Bowl we deserved last year with that, right? Like, if they do meet up again, we're going to get the proper good game that's yeah. back and forth. You know what I mean? Like they're they're oh, ready.
1: It'd be so crazy, man! Rematch Super Bowl rematch with. I love it after- the goat versus yeah. the baby goat, like
2: nothing would fire up Tom Brady more. And
1: that. then and then just after, like, there's gonna be a Winfield Tyreek Hill beef after the he pieced them. Like, there's so yeah. many little narratives that will exist. Um, that would be really incredible. I'd prefer the Chiefs to just get bounced before that even becomes a realistic <laughs> option, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um,
2: As the neutral NFL fan, I would prefer them to meet. I really yeah. would like them to play.
1: Yeah, Misidor on Facebook. Waste no time uh, jumping in here. He says, "Do you really think the Chiefs having their linemen, referring to their offensive linemen, helps their def- defense stop the Bucks' offense?"
0: Um, well, it keep, keeps the they w- would have kept the ball out of Brady's hands more. That's for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. Less possessions for Tampa, and we know, you know, a. a a not running for his life, Mahomes is going to put up more points than whatever the nine or whatever it ended up being in the actual game, right? So yeah, not directly, but indirectly, it, it's all related. Plus, we were just talking about how Kansas City's improved their defense. They don't need to be a top eight defense. They need to be like the fourteenth best defense, and that's going to be plenty good for them to, to do enough damage to get back to that uh, to get back to the Super Bowl.
1: For sure. Yeah, they're
0: ranked, like, by DVOA, they're ranked by 22. They're ranked 22nd in the league last year. Yeah, they just need a – So, if they even – if they are in the other side of the half of the league, like, they're Exactly. They get to league average, and that's good enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, uh, and we'll see how it goes. It's going to be fun, man. Oh, I get excited talking about this. So, um, I think that pretty much sums up our uh, AFC West preview there. I mean, do we want to – Let's go through how we see this shaking out. Cap, I know you've been looking forward to this part of the podcast. You you want to what yeah. are you looking for from us, my man? Well,
0: first I'll, I'll just I'll give the over under wins. Uh, okay. total. So the Chiefs are so remember 17 games. Yeah. Uh, so the Chiefs are 12 and a half and it's actually uh juiced the the under is juiced. So you can get plus 120 on the over 12 and a half. Like wow. I don't know, maybe I'm a total fish, but 13 and 4 and you're getting some extra candy at that plus 120 number, like, yeah, sign me up. I don't, yeah, I'm it, with you there, buddy. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I like that. I'm going to bet that, I think.
0: I have the um, – one second here. Uh, the Chargers at eight and a half, so, you know, exactly a uh, 500 team, give or, give or take one, right, depending on where they fall, which seems like a fair number. I would gently lean over. Uh, I, have, I had them going nine and eight. Yeah, 9 and 8 seems yeah. fair. I, I, had them, I had them 8 and 9. So okay, that's that's great number. Yeah. Uh, I have the eighter, uh, the eighters, the Raiders at uh, 8 even um, with the over at plus 115, the under at, 135, at minus 135. I would eat some of that juice, actually, and take the under. I like uh, 7 and 10, and I also like 8 as a push, so then they'd actually have to be a winning team for you to lose the bet. I... I just think it's more likely to go seven and 10 than nine and eight for them. I, I know that's kind of, that's, I'm with you here, but yeah. And the Broncos one second, it isn't on my site here. Um, I think it, well, you know what? They actually, they might not have a lineup yet because of, um, yeah. It things. makes sense. Yeah. I would, I would like whatever that is. I would bet the over and just hope that they get Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, I have like that's the I haven't going ten and seven.
0: Seven yeah. and a half. Seven and a half is what I'm seeing here.
2: Um So I'm over there. Yeah, yeah I would I'd be board. over on the Broncos too. So wait, I think that I might have the same like order and record as you, uh, Boom. I've got the Chiefs at fifteen and two. Five, you, fourteen and three. Wait, what? Fourteen and three. I have fourteen and three. Oh, you yeah, have fourteen and three. Okay, I thought you said five, four, and three. Or something. Oh no!
1: <laughs> I, was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, "What's um, so funny?" Wow.
2: Yeah, I've got the Broncos ten and seven. Same. Uh, Chargers eight and nine. You had nine and eight. Nine and eight. Uh, and then I've got the Raiders at six and eleven.
1: I have them at five and twelve.
0: Wow. Okay. So, well, we're not we're not far off. So funny. We're no,
1: very close, actually.
0: Yeah. Betts. <laughs> so bet 365 the book we use so for the actual division futures has the chiefs at minus 280 so i think they're the biggest divisional favorite in the league uh, yes they are uh minus 280 the broncos at plus 450 so it feels like they're kind of trying to cover themselves in case of the uh in case of the rogers thing uh, so hanging a low-ish number uh chargers plus 600 okay uh, you know, all right. To win right, the division. To win the division, and then the Raiders down at plus sixteen hundred, so uh, considerably lower.
1: Yeah, I mean, without a Mahomes injury, I just don't see the Chiefs. I agree. I don't see it as being worth it. Um, I'd rather
0: just take a playoffs bet for the Chargers at more like plus one twenty five and see if they can do that. So.
1: Exactly. There you go. Um, so yeah, I got You know, I got Chiefs one, Denver two, Chargers three. Raiders four within the division. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I'm going to cap. Do you have the Chargers as your second in the division? Or you got yeah, the, the Chargers
0: oh. have the Raiders third and the Broncos fourth.
1: So not too much disparity. Bo and I are, are quite aligned, it seems. That's cute, Bo Dan. That's nice. Yeah. We go together. Um, wicked. Are there, I don't, I, Cap, I didn't ask you if you had any other bets in particular. I mean, I'm sure you'd bring them up if you did that.
0: No, nothing. This division, I guess it's worth noting that the Chiefs are the Super Bowl favorite as of right now. They're, um, they're plus plus four 450. The Bucs are plus 700. Two teams tied at plus 1100. A little trivia time. Who do you guys think it is?
1: Hmm. Uh, well, it's not the Packers.
0: Chiefs plus 450. Bucs plus 700. And then two at 1100.
1: It's not the Packers. It's not the Saints. Nope. Nope.
0: Nope. The Bills? Yep. Mm. And Seattle? No, another AFC team. Oh, another AFC team, huh? Yeah.
2: Um, this has got to be just great content for me. Just uh,
0: here. people are screaming.
2: <laughs> um, Bills yes.
0: and it can't be the Browns, right? No. Oh think about their chief competitor oh the Ravens yeah, yeah. wow yeah I didn't think anybody would be that high in the Ravens
1: what are the browns
0: uh the browns are 16 to one so they have the eighth best odds eight yeah
1: that that's... And look
0: like they've hung the they hung the Broncos at 20 to one too so I think they're really they're really worried about the Rogers thing. Cause they know that they'll get absolutely pummeled as soon as he gets traded there. Right. Cause- or they expect Teddy or, or they
1: are more like me and Bo and think those pieces around him are so good that Teddy Bridgewater just needs to hold the fort down.
0: Well, good luck. Good luck. I, I, I
1: agree though. Like I'm not yeah. disagreeing personally with you on yeah. that. Scotty. I'm just saying, I don't know. You're right. Um, right on. Okay. Well, um, some of our regular contributors joined, joined us late, so I'm sorry we couldn't engage with you guys uh, on Facebook or wherever else you're commenting. Uh, we do appreciate the interaction from those of you who took the time out of your Monday evening to listen to us. Um, yeah, we're going to be back next Monday. We'll probably drop a pod later this week um, on another – I think are we, we're transitioning over to the NFC um, and start our division previews there as we work towards the NFC South, which will be our last division preview before we get into some more – league-wide predictions and other fun stuff we're going to talk about at Bucks Banter. Uh, if you are not following Bucks Banter on Twitter, please do so uh, at Bucks Banter. Check out our website, BucksBanter.ca. Uh, haven't been putting up much written work, though, so uh, most of the stuff we're, we're producing this time of the year is all in podcast form. Um, so make sure, whether it's Apple, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that you check out Bucks Banter on either of those. And please... Uh, check us out on YouTube, uh, Bucks Banter. Really appreciate subscriptions and likes and shares and all that good stuff because uh, that's what allows us to keep doing what we're doing. Um, my co-hosts, any any departing words
0: for yeah, our audience? Uh, Great to be back, man. That was good as always. And uh, now we're just ramping up to the season. We're good to go, so can't wait, man. Yeah, it's huge. I, it's, yeah, it's so nice to be back, man.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Um all right guys. Well we'll see you next Monday and uh, appreciate it. Till then, peace out. Hey Banks. Hey. Go bucks.